0: What's up, New England? New England in the house this fabulous Wednesday night. It's like forty-five degrees in Providence. How about in Maine, guys? What was uh What was the temperature there today? Anybody they had to approach Can you fifty. Can hear me out
1: there? Like yeah.
0: So fit, that's it. That's it all mid- you got 40. today. It, like it's Not been fr- it's been freezing. We had a blizzard a couple of weeks ago, and all you have to say to fifty-degree weather is. Oh, it was 50 degrees. Like, it was sunny as fuck down well, here. It was 45 okay. degrees okay, so, down here. Yeah, it was,
1: it was super sunny. It was super nice. I uh, woke up this morning, went and got my coffee, and I'm fortunate enough to live about a mile away from the beach. So um, I took a little ride down by the beach, uh, me and Mary Jane and my coffee and my breakfast sandwich. Went and took a uh, ride around York Beach. Um, sometimes I just like to remind myself of where I live because it's a pretty cool spot.
0: Lars, you do anything other than uh, you know work, sit home, uh, play on the computer?
2: No, I got about four inches of ice on my driveway. Oh. If anybody wants to come over and help me chip that off, it'll be fun. Ice melt works, bro.
0: You know what I mean? A lot uh, of that.
2: We, yeah, we were waiting, we went down to Cage Titans last week, and we were ready for that storm, and it just oh. I wasn't home to clean it up, so I just got demolished. But hey, gotta love New England. It's kind of, we're like, kind of like right in the middle of the winter where. You've seen the days get a little bit longer. You can kinda of smell spring around the corner, but it still sucks.
0: Yeah, it's still uh it's gonna be cold again uh, you know, very, very soon. So all right guys, um, you know, I worked today, but it was beautiful out and I didn't freeze walking back from my car during lunch and break when I smoke weed. Um, oh I didn't say that live did I just fucking say that live sorry guys no one knows where I work anyway so with that said guys um <laughs> we're here tonight to um talk about the NEF card coming up this Saturday in Portland Maine guys uh NEF 46 decade of dominance man um I know uh Lars you've been really busy putting it up on the website the matchups and uh you know just inserting all the, you know, everything into the website. And I think, uh, Travis, you're getting a a write-up or uh, something going on uh, coming out pretty soon?
1: Yeah, I've got started on a write-up. Haven't got quite as far along as I wanted to. We uh, had some management things pop up today, so I've been kind of going back and forth between the two. Um, But I've got a pretty good look at the fight card here. I've wrote down some notes, and uh, I'm ready to talk about it.
0: Excellent. Um, Before we start, I want to say a shout-out to... Don Sheamus. I mean shameless Don Sheamus. I, I always screw <laughs> up his name. I shouldn't. Uh fabulous hat here. Don, uh, congratulations to that gentleman for uh, you know, getting a great, great win against a, a tough opponent, man. Um so shout out to him and big things coming for him, hopefully, uh sooner than later. But we'll see.
2: With that said, guys. That yeah, um, was impressive victory the other yeah. night. I uh I watched I watched his fight and he looked good he looked really good against a tough grappler. He controlled uh, most of the match on the mat and got in some solid strikes. And you know he's moving his way up the ranks.
1: I would yeah ne- absolutely. Congrats to John. Uh, I was pretty high on Lincioni. Um, I've uh, followed his career pretty closely for the past probably five years or so. Um. He's fought for Bellator several times. He's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, um, super tough kid. Uh, have not fought in the cage for a little while, but uh, he and Don had actually trained together in the past, um, but it was an opportunity neither of these guys could pass up to uh, put their friendship aside and fight in front of Dana White, and the fight really produced. It was... Um, It was exciting um, for the most part because you had uh, Lincioni threatening submissions from his back the entire time while uh, Don dropped bombs on top of him. Um, So a lot of people aren't really big on straight grappling matches, but this one had a a stylistic matchup that you like with Don on top uh, dropping bombs and Lincioni trying to catch that late submission and trying to uh, swing the tide in his direction. Great fight, great uh, performance by Don against somebody that uh, really should get Don recognized.
0: Definitely, man. Uh, well, let's get to it, my men. Um, this Saturday night, a big, big card for Neff, their 10th year in business, and it's a big one, man. A couple of changes happened in the last week or so. Nothing major, but, um, you know, a little shakeup here and there. But as far as the card as a whole, man, it's it's a big, big card, and, it, um, you know, it's got some really uh potential uh, fighters there that may be in the next level and, you know, the next year or two, you know. So let's talk about it, guys. Where do you want to start? You want me to just start from the top, throw it up there, what Lars worked on on the website, and we'll go from there, guys?
1: Yeah, I've got I've got it in order from the uh, the main event back if we want to do it that way or however you want to do it. Yeah,
0: let's go from the main event back because we're not going to hit every fight. Um, So right. let's, let's start there. So let me throw that up and uh, – it'll get up there in a second for you guys but it's up there now if uh if you guys want to start talking about it great great dog uh, yeah. gra- you know it looks great up here on uh you know I checked it all out laji did a fabulous job throwing it up there and uh let's talk about it guys uh Aaron Lacy late notice jumps in there to, to go against Jerome Mickle uh Lacy hasn't been in the cage in uh, what uh 3 years around 3 years or so
2: yeah, I think it's uh, closer to four. I think it's 2018 was the last time he fought. So he's, um, uh, you know, some, some things have happened. Uh, you know, he had a fight line, uh, lined up against Shane Manley back in November, Lacey got COVID had to pull out. Uh, I know he had an injury before the pandemic that he had to rehab. So it's been kind of dragging on, but he's, he's changed camps. He's training with Devin Powell, then in OSTOS in Summersworth, New Hampshire. And, um, you know he's getting a late notice opportunity here against uh, a guy with a lot of fights not a great record but a lot of fights so you know in, in reality Aaron should walk through this guy but you know it's a, it's a fist fight so anything can happen
0: yeah as i have his um profile up here from the our website he wasn't ranked because he hasn't fought in so long but he would definitely be up there if he was his last fight was at NEF 35 at September 7th September 7th 2018 against john lemke and uh he had a a, a ran a choke first round there so um he's back bro and i'm very happy to see it man what do you what are you expecting out of this fight we know uh jerome has a lot of fights there and uh you know this man is expected to win but anything can happen what 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 does jerome mickle need to do in this fight to to you know upset the crowd basically
1: uh, I think mickle has got to um, catch Lacey some, somewhere. Um, he's a longer kid at 55. Um, Aaron's going to be coming up from 45 where he traditionally fought in the past. Um, but Mickle's a long kid, um, likes to strike, likes to come forward, but that gets him in a lot of trouble. He's got 11 losses uh, against four wins. Um, yeah, I mean, Mickles really going to catch lightning in a bottle, but like Lara said, that's it. That's what happens in a fist fight. Uh, if if Lacey can't close the distance um initiate some grappling and some clinch work on the cage uh he could have a little bit of trouble getting past the jab and the uh the wild haymakers that are coming at him from mickle um but he, uh, you know experience aside um has been in there with a bunch of other dudes um he's fought some tough competition in the past um most notably uh damon blackshear in the past he fought uh, at nef so he's been in there with some top competition if he doesn't walk through this guy, um, you know, it might raise some questions uh in my book, but uh I, I see Aaron getting past Jerome pretty quickly. Um don't know if it goes second round, but I'm gonna take Lacey by submission.
0: There you go. What about you, Lars? What's your take on this uh this bout and uh Aaron
2: coming back after four years? Yeah, you know, exactly what Travis said. Uh, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd put a lot of money on Aaron Lacey to win this fight. But um, you know, I think his best path to victory is obviously to get the fight to the mat. Try not to t- take any damage, get the fight to the mat. Uh, you know, and work your submission game. There's no need to hang out on the feet and trade in, in the pocket with this guy. So I remember I saw Mikkel fight I think Nick Fiore recently, and he, he gave Nick a pretty good pretty good challenge there for the first, I don't know, uh half a round or so. So Lacey definitely can't take him lightly, but I think he knows what he needs to do, you know, close the distance, get the fight to the mat and work the submission game.
0: Yeah. Like you said, uh, you know, he did fight Nick Fiore, who's on a tier. um, And that was back in October of 2021. So he has entered the cage and is a little more fresher than um, Aaron at this time. But I interviewed Aaron and he said this, you know, ring rust is just not it's not there for him. Um, you know, it's going to be something that's not a factor in this, in this fight. So we are, I, we're all expecting him to, uh, you know, go through here and, and press the crowd and come back to Neff with, uh, you know, a storm after, after all this time.
1: Yeah. Well, ring Rush shouldn't be an issue because I mean, he's training under one of the best lightweights in regional history. Um, he lives above Devin's gym down there in Summersworth. So, I mean, you're training with a UFC caliber lightweight to get ready for a lightweight who's four and 11. Um, the ring rust, I don't think that will matter in this situation. Um, Aaron shows up to train every day with Devin Powell. Um, that's going to be the difference here. Uh, yeah, not the, not the not the 15 fights, but the uh, training with Devin Powell and uh, really being ready to go into the cage. Devin doesn't let anyone walk in there who's not ready, short notice or not. Aaron... Has been training like he's in fight camp, and uh, he's ready to go.
0: Uh, just guys, I'm sorry, but I'm taking a a, a, a little video for, <laughs> uh, for our st- stories on Instagram. Go ahead, keep going. Anything else that you'd like to say about this fight? It is the main event. So, uh, and it is the main event, and the fight that was supposed to happen was uh, who is Aaron replacing? uh, uh you know big time fighter.
1: The, he's replacing Caleb. Caleb Hall. Yep. Uh, Big-time, lightweight prospect. Um, Caleb had uh, a little bit of trouble with the, getting through the medicals to this fight. Uh, let Matt Peterson know early and was uh, able to come back with an Aaron Lacey replacement, which um, is about as high-quality of a replacement as you could expect for somebody like Caleb Hall in this uh, situation. Excellent. And
0: uh, the show must go on. And uh, what a step up for Aaron. Yeah, and uh, when I did talk to him, he did have a fight that was fight's falling through, but he's been ready. He's been ready to fight. He had a, you know, I think he had something, maybe that would have been booked in like three weeks from now that he was working on. And then, uh, you know, Neff just fell on his lap. So here we go guys. Um, so let's get to the next, uh, the next bout here. Let me, uh, get this up on the screen. So, uh, we have, uh, Carl Langston against Zach Richard
1: two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, this Run
0: is back. this is one of those fights that uh, you know, it just happened like what, 48 hours ago. They both Kyle lost his uh, opponent maybe last week, a week a week before that. And Zach, we don't know exactly the time frame, but it seemed like a couple of days ago, that's when the fight was announced. Uh let's talk about this uh this um this
1: number two here. Yeah, I can, talk about, I can talk about this one for a little bit. Right, uh, go ahead, yeah,
0: Travis. Yeah,
1: it, it's kind of a, it's, it's an interesting situation here. Carl um, Langston was told probably a week and a half ago that Sean Ray had to pull out of his fight for some medical issues. Um, and Carl Langston, as far as he was concerned, was off the card. Now, later on, um, we get Zach's opponent falling out. So both of these guys were supposed to be fighting at different weights. Zach was supposed to be fighting at 140 pounds. Carl was supposed to be fighting at 155 pounds, but both of them are traditional featherweights. So when each of the opponents, uh, one another's opponent fell out, it was easy to come up with a featherweight matchup that made sense. But the only, the only problem is these guys uh, have, have fought last time out. So it it's, saves the spot on the card. It gets both of these guys um, some action. Doesn't waste a fight camp. But, it, you know, um, Zach made pretty easy work of Carl the first time um carl Owen six uh you know he was preparing to fight at a heavier weight maybe that'll make a little bit of a difference in this one um but yeah i think it may go quite the same as the first one
0: uh yeah exactly and uh you know my thoughts exactly on that how about you lars is there any uh you know i'd like to talk about the fight more more but you know just the outcome of the last fight was pretty easy for Zach, you know. So anything you got to add about that, Lars?
2: Not really. I mean, I, th- I think it's going to be uh, same game plan and same execution as the first fight back in November. Um, you know, it's too bad. You know, this how they got to start their. You know, Zach has to start his pro career, but I think if I'm not mistaken. Didn't Nick Fiore start his pro career by beating Jay Ellis twice in a row?
0: Uh, I know he fought Jay Ellis twice in a uh, twice. I don't know if it was twice in a row. It's like
2: six degrees of separation. (laughs) You could you could probably get to anybody in the MMA world. Um, But yeah, I think that just thought that was kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, I think Zach gets into the mat, uh, overwhelms him with his heavy top pressure, beats him up a little bit. Ref jumps in, and you know they go on their way. So
0: and that's the. That's the ball game right there with that. So I mean, uh, you know, Zach will be two and zero unless something catastrophic happens, uh, in that fight. But uh, you know, when I interviewed Zach about that fight, he did trip up the stairs and fuck his uh fuck his shin up. He said that was the worst injury of the fight he got was uh the worst you know marks from the fight yeah. was when he tripped up walk, the stairs. Walking
1: out, he tripped up the stairs. Yeah, so yeah. you know,
0: shit could happen to the kid. You know what I mean? He isn't
1: like the graceful of fellas, I guess. You know what I mean? Well, hey, I mean, we I got to give Carl some credit here. Carl's been around, and he's always one of those guys that looks very athletic in the cage, but it just doesn't translate to doing damage and defeating his opponents. Um, he's a super athletic kid. He throws some, some pretty uh, technical strikes and things like that, but he's just never found anyone whose game that works against. I, I mean, it's pretty simple to, to close the distance on Carl, take him down, put him up against the not let him use any of his length and um, stuff that he likes to do at striking range. Um, I mean, if we could see that against somebody, somebody willing to stand and strike with, with Carl, it might be a different story, but the, the uh, book is out on him, take him down, pound him out. And that's what Zach Richard does best. So.
0: And uh, you know, it isn't like Carl has laid down in every, every fight he's fought. I mean, like you said, he's had a ton of fights it's just uh, some some haven't gone his way. I mean, I've seen him in decision fights that he did, you know, great against, you know, opponents that are pretty, uh, you know, they're actually ramped, you know what I mean? So he's not afraid to, to fight anyone. Yeah. He wants to get in there. It's just, I don't know, uh, you know, what what does someone like that need to get over the hump and get a win? What does he need the fight of uh, Rob Fuller? Or, I mean, like, what do you need in that? Not to say Rob I Fuller, you know. I think he needs you know, to find
1: a, a, a good camp. I mean, he'd, ha- he'd have to find somebody that he could trust with a- with having a good camp. Um, he bounced around for a while, uh, went to Young's MMA for a while. Now he's independent. Um, it's just he's gonna if he's gonna decide if he wants to be a pro fighter, he's gonna take it seriously. It's tough too at zero and six, um, but you know you can always find that gym and, and get things turned around. It's gonna start with getting a win, win, but I just don't think it's coming here.
0: Yeah, I mean. And this, I mean, it's a career for him. I mean, you know, shoot for—he's going to get fights. I mean, he isn't getting damage in there. Um, he's just losing decisions and getting choked out or, or whatever. He's not getting, you know, knocked out cold. You don't see that with the kid. You know what I mean? So, um, he's a gamer. He's just—he's going up against killers. You know, the 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 next generation of like like you said, guys that are in the gym twenty four seven have the coaches and the trainer partners that get them ready for these fights. Carl, you know, he just doesn't have that, the, that 24 seven, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Let's get to the next. Uh, where are we next? Uh, Glory Watson against Ali Beth. How do you say that? Milleron? Mil- Milleron? Milleron. Yeah, that's close, close enough. <laughs> that's close enough for me.
1: Broadway, bro. So,
0: Glory, Girl from Michigan. She's two and zero. Glory Watson. Um, her last fight was uh against that uh the the uh the former former. Uh, or sh- I shouldn't say. Yeah, I should say former um adult actress turned uh MMA fighter. Uh, what was her name? Do we remember? Something star. Um. Oh, that I I forgot her. Forget Drag- just just. Fragman? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Fragman. They fought in New York as far as uh oh her name should be right here. What is it? Uh I forgot. That
2: ain't her. Anyway. Yeah, go ahead. I think um you know, this is uh I think I don't know much about Allie Beth Milleron, to be honest. I've never seen her fight. But, you know, uh she has an extensive amateur record. I think she was seven and three as an amateur. So yep. You know, plenty of experience. She's got a two and zero record in the pros right now. You know, you got Gloria one and one. This should be a on paper. This looks like a, a very serious test for Gloria. And I don't know much about Melon's uh, game and how she goes about it. Uh, but you know, this this is going to be a tough one for Gloria.
0: She's coming off a, a first round uh, punches uh, finish. Uh, I would imagine TKO or KO at Big John's MMA. I'm not sure that where that was, but um I'm not sure what date it was. But um I mean she's 2 and 0 as a pro, so she's active.
1: Yes, um, like like Lars said too, 7 and 3 as an amateur and 5 of those 7 wins came by finish. Um she looks like she could be pretty dangerous. Um I would have to agree with Lars. This uh this is what's tough about um somebody like Glory Watson having fought in Maine for the longest time and then going to a different region and fighting and um, and then coming back and fighting somebody from out of the region. You never know really what the talent pool is going to be like. I mean, women's 115-pound weight class is pretty thin to begin with, so you've got to really reach for opponents. Um, but this girl looks good on paper. We saw this kind of matchup, I believe, last weekend at um, at Cage Titans, but in the amateur ranks. We had uh, Aaron Johnson, who everyone was super high on, i.e. Glory Watson. And then we had this other girl, Anna Crutchfield, who no one really knew a whole lot about. She was one and two. Um, but if you really look and dig into these people um, and look at their wins and look who they've fought for and stuff like that, these th- this can be tougher uh, than it looks on paper. Um, two and O, two knockouts. She's from Michigan. Mission, Michigan has a really good... Um, regional MMA scene, believe it or not. They have three or four promotions going on up there uh in Michigan. So she has the ability to to have tested herself. Ten fights as an amateur is a lot of fights for a girl. Um like Lars said this could be a tough test for Glory Watson. Um should tell us a lot about where her career is going and her tra- trajectory as a prospect moving forward.
2: You know what I think's interesting you know looking at her experience you know, she debuted in amateur MMA in 2009. You know, that was, it's like 13 years ago. She's been, you know, doing this for quite a while. Um, but she hasn't fought since uh, 2018. So uh, Gloria yeah, definitely, definitely is going to be the, uh, I guess, uh, most recently experienced fighter. She's been in the cage a few times over the past six months where uh, Ali Beth here hasn't fought in you know, over three years, so it's, uh, we'll see if that plays a factor, if there's some ring rust there. And uh, we can't forget that Glory did fight um, Hillary
0: Rose in a, you know, a Muay Thai kickboxing match where that's not an easy task, and she did very well in that fight, and uh, it was a great, great woman's matchup there that we got to witness, <laughs> cage side, man, so, uh, you know, Glory's got the hands, and she's... She's definitely got the ground game and the grit and the gas tank. I mean, she's just a really, watching her just, uh, you know, spar and uh, get her rounds in, she looks like a well-rounded uh, young lady there. I mean, she's a young girl. She's she's just gonna keep learning and learning.
1: Yeah, she's a, she's a brawler. I've always been impressed with how she constantly moves forward, uh, transitions really well from striking to grappling. Um, Knows what she's doing in just about any position um, that she gets herself in, in the cage. But she's just really got that bulldog mentality where if she's bringing it to her opponent, it's harder for her opponent to bring it to her. Um, I feel like she's always moving forward, always progressing towards a finish. Um, Sometimes she gets caught. you Can't really help with that kind of aggressiveness. Uh, You just got to keep training for it and and, uh, make sure you're abreast of all these situations when you're headed to the cage.
0: I just try... (laughs) I just tried to uh how do you get out of that? I just tried to uh get her um get her fight but I I guess it was streamed. I thought it might be our little <laughs> I thought you might might have might have uh, put our little uh a little video of the fight in when when I clicked on it I was expecting to see it no. I, get, I get a fucking credit card thing a I, I credit card <laughs> see <this fight. laughs> hey and <laughs> EF's
2: got to get their
0: money. I guess, yeah. Come on. Fucking, all right. Good job. I putting their link up and everything. The fucking, you know, the buy the fight if you have to. I love it. I I, I believe that's it's up on YouTube now anyway. Neff puts their shit up on YouTube after Yeah, um, I
2: think it's on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, certainly. Yeah.
0: they're yeah, they're actually uh not from that card, from uh their last card. They're actually releasing YouTube uh videos from that last card. So uh yeah, they put all that stuff up. And that's good. Not only do they have a stream, um they allow you to have the fights, uh, you know, a, a couple of months later. So, you know, Neff's doing great things.
1: Yeah. Next. Yeah, Maybe. absolutely. Uh, I'm going to parlay that into our next fight. Can I parlay that into our next fight? Yeah, let me
0: get to that screen. Let me get to that screen. Where are we? Uh, The next fight, <laughs> Nate Grimard against uh Anthony Vasta, man. Uh, come on, Lars. It's, uh, Travis, it's all yours. You sound very excited about this fight.
1: Well, I mean, I am excited about this one. Um, I like both guys. Both guys come from pretty good camps. Um, Grimard coming from NOS with Devin Powell, and um, Vasta is coming from Defensive Edge. That's Connor Bare Knuckle Barry's gym. Uh, so you got two guys who have trained for long periods of time under two great lightweights um, in the division, and they are making their debuts against one another at 145-pound featherweight uh, fight. Grimard uh, just Just lost lost his... Yes, he did.
0: What happened? Grimard
1: just... uh, Go ahead. You there? What's up? Okay. I'm listening. Yeah, I'm here. Did I pause for a minute? No. (laughs) So Grimard Grimard in his last fight, he relinquished his NEF featherweight uh, title. Uh, Makes him 4-1 as a amateur decides to go pro you get a guy like vasta vasta is hasn't quite got the amateur record that Grimard does but uh it makes sense to see these two guys uh paths cross given their background uh their coaches and where they like to fight this could be a good one uh uh, both of these guys are brawlers again um gonna probably have a little bit of a reach advantage here uh help him control the cage against a guy like vasta
0: well, as we as we like talking just now, I'm like like looking at uh Vasta's last fight, man. He was getting uh I think he was like stuck in a Kamara in there. Wrong video. The show just now, but the kid's uh he's all over. I mean, the kid's hands are really good. Saw him win a fight, um at uh I believe it was Combat Night or maybe uh he had a split decision loss there. Uh, but the kid looks great. He's been on the circuit as far as um you know getting the work on the mat. And we know uh Grimard is really, really, uh, really, really good wrestler. And, uh, you know, he loves the fucking grapple if he has to. And he, he'll grind you out. So this looks like, uh, you know, a really, really good matchup. Even though um, Nate's got so much more experience than, um, you know, Vasta. What's your thought on that as far as, uh, you know, what's Vasta need to do here? Uh, use that length, that distance. And uh, I would imagine keep it standing, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, this is a, this is a tough matchup in my opinion, when it comes to me you know, from Bass's perspective, Grimard uh, has looked really good. You know, he uh, started his amateur career for you now, and then he ran into Billy Wilson at the last NEF show. You know, they brought Billy Wilson in from out of town from Jackson Wink, And, you know, that was a big step up in, in competition for Grimard, but he looked pretty good. It was, it was, a, it was a grinding affair and went to a decision and Billy Wilson won uh, pretty convincingly, but you know, Grimard definitely held, held his own in there, but you know, uh, he's definitely uh, someone to keep your eye out and uh, on, and he's training with Devin Pyle. He was the number two ranked um, amateur in our rankings. And, you know, now that he's moving up to the pro ranks, let's see if he can, you know, make, uh, make a statement there. Now, I think I've seen Vasta fight once or twice i kind of remember him being like a longer rangier striker type of fighter you know Grimard, he showed that he's a grinder and he likes to get the fight to the mat and really take it to and uh you know his opponent and break their will so uh i suspect probably a similar game plan uh you know that zach richard will have that nick Grimard will have come saturday night
0: excellent and you know uh Lars, as you were talking, I had uh, Nate's uh, fight, his um, fight with Billy Wilson, some of it playing there. And, uh, you know, I did interview Nate, and he talked about there was adjustments he made in that fight. He did have, like, a couple of spots that He had uh, Billy in a guillotine in a couple of spots there, a mounted one for a second there. He just got reversed. And uh, he told me about that, that he just, you know, he had some moments that he just had he just, how to make adjustments in this training camp so stuff like that doesn't happen again?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, he's training with the right guys. You know, Nostos right now has a lot of young, up and coming uh, fighters who are, you know, 2 0, 3 0 as an amateur. So there's definitely bodies there. Uh, and we talked about Aaron Lacey earlier you know, moving down their train. So you know, I suspect the Gramarce trajectory in terms of his learning curve in the sport is is it's it's going to be a pretty quick one. Seems like a smart kid who knows what he's doing. He's surrounding himself with the right people, um, and it seems like he has the work ethic. So it's 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 going to be um, good to see you know where he takes us over the next couple of years excellent man and uh that, he's, he's fairly young too Isn't yeah he, uh, he's a younger kid right yeah and
0: Boston's is young too i mean uh, you know 23 if, if at the most that kid so you know sky's the limit i mean it's there it's uh they're both their first professional fights even though this is something that can't be erased it's important um but you know a lot of fighters that went around to uh you know be very successful in mma in the biggest leagues lost their debut, you know what I mean, their pro debut. So one of them has to lose. You know what I mean? And I, that ain't the end of the road. It's just the beginning. You know what I mean? It's just the beginning of their next uh the next chapter in their MMA life. Where are you
1: going, Lars? Where yeah, you going? Yeah, it's so odd when you get like I when I when I go cruising through Tapology and you see guys that are like 21 and 2 or 21 and 3 and then you're like, where the hell did those two or three losses come from? And like 7 times out of 10 it's their first, uh, their pro debut. It's 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 uncanny. I see it all the time. It's it's really weird. Okay. It is what it is.
0: It's MMA. Unpredictable at times.
1: Yeah, yeah No. But that's what you were mentioning. Like, a lot of these guys have lost their pro debuts and gone on to do really good things. Yeah. Like, like you said, it can't be a race. But it is odd just how many people you go back and see. And it's like, hey, they made it very successful and they lost their pro debut.
0: Um, all right, let me get going here. Uh, let me get neat stuff on here. What do we got next here? Oh, wait. Muhammad. Oh, Mo. I, I, I saw the first name, Mo Kanani against Chris Rooney. Um, I'm sure you're really high on this, uh, as we all are, but Lars, really high on the most, yeah, most here, man. So let's talk about it. Um, talk about your, your thoughts <laughs> on this.
2: Yeah, I'm i I'm a huge Kanani fan. Uh, I think he's one of the probably brightest prospects in our region. That's just turning pro right now. You know, he was nine in one as an amateur, our number one ranked uh, lightweight amateur in the region, and he's shown nothing but awesome stand up, solid chin, uh, high fight IQ. So you know, he's making the jump to the pro ranks here at NEF forty six, and I'm, I'm I'm excited to see. You know, what he's going to bring to the pro ranks now that he can use some elbows. Uh, you know, we, we we know him for his hands, but I got a feeling he's got some pretty crazy elbows, too. Um, but he's taken on a, a guy with a ton of experience in Chris Rooney. You know, he's only 0-1 as a, a pro, but he had like, I don't know, 20 amateur fights. Um, so, he you know, the guy's been in the cage before. He's a little bit older than Mo, but he's definitely a, a tough kid out of Vermont. Uh, who's not going to fold? Mo's going to have to put him away. So uh, th- this is going to be a fun one. But I'm I'm expecting Mo to do his typical Mo thing: keep the range, strike. Um, you know, use that jab and that length in his lethal hands, and and he'll take it to Rooney if he can, you know, stay off his back.
0: And as we're um, you're talking about that. I have a, yeah, absolutely. I, I go ahead, Travis. You can add to that.
1: Yeah, no, I can definitely add to that. Uh, Last time we saw Mo, um, it was absolutely brutal. Nuri Arbar uh, just got backed into a corner and got hit with about a nine piece. Um, It was absolutely brutal, and like Lars said, you add elbows to that, and and there's a lot of 155 pounders in New England that are going to be running, tucking their tail and running the other way. I have a feeling. this kid's really good. And and like Lars said, yeah, Rooney, um, he had 19 fights as an amateur. Uh, he was 12-7, and which is a serviceable record. Um, he's 0-1 for Donnybrook. Uh, he lost a unanimous decision in his pro debut at, at Donnybrook. But uh, there is nothing on paper that looks even close to a Mo Kanani that he has been in the cage with. So, um, And that goes for a lot of uh, regional guys. I uh, can't say they've been in... Cage with anyone like Kanani, he is about as good as it gets when it comes to 155 pounds. Like Lars said, approaching the pro debut, and we're really high on him. Uh, we'll see him do big things. I have a feeling.
0: Actually, Wow, that that <laughs> Rooney kid has a ton of fights. Like you said, man, he's uh, man, he's got a lot of experience fighting since 2011. Um, his most recent fight was uh, you know, I think it's interesting. August you know, of last year. Go ahead,
2: Mo. M- yeah, Mo's been training, well, he's, his whole career has been training at Evolution Athletics. And he's also been training alongside Zach Richard now for the past, I don't know, six years, six months, whatever it is. But if you think about them, they both have fights on this card. Uh, they've been training together a lot. They're similar weights. You know, but they have two totally different games. You know, Zach's more of a, a grinder get you on the ground and beat you up via uh, ground and pound, where Mo wants to kind of be on the feet using his striking. So maybe they're helping each other by training with each other. You're learning different aspects of the game that they're able to expand and implement in in, in their own game. So uh, I, it's always fun to watch Kanani go out there and the evolution we see with him. And, you know, he t- took it slow in the amateur ranks, having ten pro fights. It's probably higher than the average, but I think it makes a lot of sense. He's grown drastically since that first pro fight, and uh, I suspect we'll be hearing a lot more about Mo Kanani in the future excellent um let's where are we going oh now we're
0: going down in the card now to uh the next page let me get to it guys give me
1: one sec flyweight amateur title yes um let's get to it where are we tyler Smythe. there you go and ryan burgess who's
0: been away from the game a little while yes. but um he said he hasn't missed a step so let's talk about it guys Let's talk about these youngsters going at it on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, you got uh, Tyler Smythe uh, picked up the fourth round KO of Caleb Austin um, at NEF 45 to get uh, his flyweight title. Um, And he's now going to be defending that flyweight title against a guy who already captured that title once before against Nate uh, Boucher. And that was at NEF 32. So you got two guys who have been in this position before, essentially, uh, fighting for a title for NEF. Uh, you got the new the new wave, Tyler Smythe. You got the old version. Uh, not necessarily old because neither of them are very old. Uh, but Ryan just coming in, the former champion, hoping to get his belt back. Yeah, he's been out of the cage for a little bit. But uh, like you said on your show, he seems to be up to it. He seems to be ready to go, um, knock that rust off. And... Uh, take
0: his belt back. As we're talking right now, I have um, Tyler's last fight on at the last uh, NEF event we were at. Um, Lars, talk about this kid, man. You were filming, taking some uh, clips of this kid, but it was a back-and-forth battle. After I watched it, after I interviewed Tyler, I really didn't watch this fight too much. I was live at it, but I broke it down basically after that fight, man. It was a it was you know, it was a great fight. It was a back and forth battle. As uh as we're looking right now, you know, Tyler had his back taken at moments in that fight. So it showed a lot of adversity and he came back strong to uh just take it over in that fight.
2: Yeah, it, it showed perseverance, heart, you know, determination. Uh he was that was definitely a grinding, uh more of a grappling wrestling type of match. Uh but but it seemed like, I think it was the fourth round or fifth round he, he finished Austin. It seemed like Smythe's cardio was there, and uh he he eventually broke Austin, and he got him like a, I think a belly down, arm trapped triangle or something and just started raining down punches where, you know, Austin couldn't defend himself. He only had one arm, and that wasn't going to do much, so, uh, you know, Smythe is another one of those evolution athletic guys, so, you know, he's Come, coming in here rolling in here with his teammates on a big night and uh you know he's been impressive he, you can tell he's a he's a little grinder i haven't seen much of his striking game yet uh but maybe we'll see some of that this weekend uh you know ryan burgess over a four-year layoff uh you know is looking at his resume he's got five amy fights but he's only fought three guys he's 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 rematched two of those guys so it's it's a little bit of a strange record, but I know he always comes in shape, um, and uh, he's a tough kid. So should be another grinding type of fight, similar to the Austin matchup for Smythe, in my opinion.
0: Excellent. Um, big big
2: verbal war between
0: them guys early in the uh, you know the announcement of the fights and stuff like that. It's died down now. They're uh focused and uh getting their working. Gonna let their there are words speak in the cage on Saturday night, guys. Um, you know, before we move on, uh we're getting closer down to the, you know, the last few fights here. Um Lars, it's gonna be me and you there, correct? Um Travis is boycotting. He's gonna have <laughs> a he's gonna have a sign walking up and down uh the main road there saying, Let me in kind of thing. Yeah, I'll be on
1: Exchange Street in Portland. <laughs> he has
2: got
1: his no inside so uh, yes.
2: full, full disclosure travis is not permitted to witness events with large crowds due to his vaccination status <laughs> at least that's what ticketmaster says
1: no but if he yeah according to the prof- uh, according to the the doctors and the uh the pandemic ex- experts at ticketmaster
0: But if you get a test two days before and you comes back negative or something like that, you're still allowed in.
1: So what's that? Yeah, I'll do that if all of 1500 of the other ticket buyers submit a clean chlamydia test before I (laughs) enter the building. (laughs) (laughs) All right, with that said, that is the Ola nightclub in the old port downtown Portland, Maine.
0: So just don't put your hand on the railings, people, when you get in there. So, Lars, it's gonna be me and you there, and uh, I think I think um, Chelsea will be there. Um, I, maybe I'm I'm not sure she's gonna be helping helping out doing some stuff for uh, New England MMA. But you and I are gonna do a, a little pre-show before the event breakdown. Uh, yeah. You know, because it's gonna be weigh-ins. Things can happen, you know, between now and Saturday. So we're gonna have like you know talk for about 20 minutes before the show starts talk about if any changes happen let the people know that we're there and uh, what it's looking like
2: yeah man I'm pumped um, I'm not a huge fan of the venue as I've said before but you know uh, regional MMA it's it's good just to go to a show they do have great lighting and the best sound system ever at an MMA, MMA event it's just there's not a ton of space to maneuver and you know get content and stuff so it makes it a little difficult but uh yeah i'm pumped should be a good card matt peterson nick DeSalvo, Uh, i have another solid card there um you know and uh, i think we're figuring out if chelsea or brendan's going to be there we're trying to work that out as we speak but we're definitely going to be doing that pre-show um you know i think mike shorey's going down too we we got him a hotel room and my, matt's donating some tickets so mike shorey's bringing his son mikey so maybe he'll do a, he'll have a guest appearance on the preview show too.
0: Excellent. To Excellent. Um, okay, guys, uh, we got to the Tyler fight. We uh, bypassed the Mike Murray against the Zach Faulkner fight here. Um, big, big fight here, guys. Um, big, big boys. I mean, not huge boys, but uh, we're getting up there in the weight with these guys, man. Um, let's talk about it. Uh, big fight for these two.
1: Yeah, we got a welterweight amateur title fight, uh, currently a vacant slot in the NEF roster, um, but that won't be anymore after Saturday when you got Magic Mike Murray. He's three and two. Uh, He's come off back to back losses in the NEF cage, but he did go outside of NEF and pick up a win recently. and he's going to be fighting Zachary Faulkner. Uh, he trains with uh, Dupuy and all the boys over at Recon. Um, tough, tough dude. He's f- uh, four and one. He is two and zero at NEF um, with a couple victories outside the region um, to go with it. Um, both tough dudes. Uh, Mike Mike would probably like to stand and strike in this one, um, but Zach uh, likes to push forward. Likes to uh, wrestle. Um, Zach's one of those guys that used to train with Marcus Davis, too. So he's got some uh, background for sure. Um, just being four and one, uh, is, it doesn't say everything he's capable of having trained with Marcus Davis. Um, yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, I'm ready for this one. This one should be fun.
2: And, uh, you know, Mike's. Yeah, been- and I think, you know, it's. it's, it's the, this is the first time we're seeing Mike Murray fight at
1: Welterweight, right? So, yeah, his last, fight, his last fight at NEF, he lost to Zach Richard for the lightweight title. Right. And uh, now was that.
2: We've seen him fight at 45, 55, and now 70, I believe. So, yep. um, you know, we had him ranked as our number five amateur lightweight in the region. And now he's moving up in weight to take on the number two amateur welterweight in Faulkner in the region. So it should be interesting. See if how he fills out, how much weight he's got to cut, what size difference is going to be. Um, and they obviously have a little bit varying styles, but there should be a high-level amateur welterweight contest. That that um, probably high-volume, a lot of intensity, and I'm I'm excited to see this one. Excellent.
0: Um, I happen to speak to both yep. of them. Uh, fine young gentlemen, fine young young kids. Um, you know, Mike's in in the the military. I think he might be leaving it now, or you know, he's done his duty. But he's, uh, I'm not sure where he's living, but it's very warm
1: there. <laughs> he was in the Pacific Northwest for a while. Um, I think he may still be out on the West Coast somewhere. But yeah, I think he's uh, transitioning out of the military. I think he was, uh, had done his duty, like you said, um, was in the midst of, uh, of of retirement or something along those lines.
0: Um, yeah, good for him, man. Um you know, great fight, and like you said, Laz will be interested to see. Um, you know how he he handles himself at uh at the wel- welterweight division.
1: Yeah, he's always been long and lanky at the the forty five and the fifty five pound divisions. Um, it would be nice to see him uh, fill out that frame. I think he's at least six feet tall, maybe six one even um, to fill out that frame to go with his athleticism and the way he strikes and things like that. Uh, it it could be better for him because the only thing he's really had trouble with is takedown defense. And I would think putting a little bit more weight behind uh, him would help him keep himself on his feet. Excellent, my man.
0: Um, Let me get to uh, the next fight here. We're getting down to um, the last three fights on the card here, guys. Mike Jolliker, he is from uh, Walter Cotito's gym, correct? Am I right with that? Or is Will Smith from there?
2: Uh Mike. No, nope, Dol- uh, yeah, Dolikers from um, KTA in Nashua, and right. I think we saw him fight in Combat Zone in a uh, kickboxing match. Yeah, he looked really good, really good.
1: And this was a fight that I, you know, did. yeah, um, we met him when we went down to Walters. We went met him when we went down to Walters' gym, and uh, we talked to him about taking the kickboxing match and how that was eventually gonna trans uh translate into him making his mma debut so i'm kind of excited just to see that evolution take place before our eyes um looked really nice in the stand up at combat zone um let's see if he can put it all together and take down will smith at featherweight excellent
2: like uh yeah this is not the, the the will smith we normally see
1: on the new england scene yeah
0: um, when i seen uh, that i was like this is this, will, yeah, and this is also
1: not the one from west philadelphia yeah the french you know, prince yeah you know, fucking french
2: prince yeah. over here this is uh i think independent will smith from maine
0: and as will, we know right. joey joey go uh joey diaz what the fuck, a gomez i always gomez. say fucking diaz they do that and hmm. um yeah, that's, I mean, he's training under him. And Joey has a fight coming up in March. So, you know, he's in fight fucking uh, mode right now. So, he's probably, you know, giving this kid some rounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It'd be definitely. nice. To, well, I'm he's sure,
2: definitely got solitary partners.
0: I'm sure we'll see Joey at um, Neff also on Saturday, who will be probably
2: cornering him, right? Yeah, I'd assume so. Yeah, him and, him and Walter work the corners together. So, we'll see.
0: Well, guys, couple more fights here. Um, all debuts, all O's, zeros, all over the board here.
2: Quinn Poirier. Hey, let, let, let me let me uh, let's pick and choose a few here as we run up against. What about? Uh, let's talk about. You know, one one fight I have circled on the undercard
1: is Jeff Reynolds versus
2: David McCarty. I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, I missed at that enough. middleweight.
1: Yep. It's further down. There's more fights. You have to load another page oh, on our site. I think goal. it's three pages. Jesus deep. Christ.
2: What time is it? <laughs> uh, it's a big car, had, man. Yeah. Jeff Reynolds, um, we have him ranked as our number six amateur middleweight. We have David McCarty ranked as the third light heavyweight. You know, but you we've only seen once, but he was very impressive. Uh, I think he fought his last fight at 205. That's why he's ranked there. But uh, he. He submitted his opponent quickly. He's fighting out of Titan Athletics in Bangor. Jeff Reynolds, we've seen around the block, also training at KTA. Uh, Jeff is a really high-level uh, amateur middleweight. Uh, McCarty, I think, has more question marks since we've only seen him once, although he did look very impressive. But these will be, you know, Reynolds will definitely have the height advantage and reach advantage, but, you know, McCarty's built like a fire hydrant, so, uh, you know, th- this should be interesting. I think Reynolds is going to want to keep this standing and uses range while McCarty is going to want to get inside and uses jiu-jitsu.
1: Tracks. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with this one. Uh, the fire hydrant comment is is spot on. Um but like you said, uh, Jeff Reynolds is, has some experience here. He's fought some dudes. He fought Judy, Judy for Joku and Spencer Payne. Those are his two losses. They're like the two best middleweights amateurs in the region um so he he's he's been tested um this other guy McCarty, yeah, he's been tested it's it's looking at a picture of him you you kind of wonder how he's gonna make it from two o five to eighty five apparently it's in the plan, so they they must be doing that, but um looks like a tough- it would be a tough cut for a guy his size,
0: yeah, I got some uh yeah that's he's a big boy, Jesus,
1: yeah. yeah thick yes thick dude thick as a brick you know, at that neck. this is out out like this <laughs> yeah i think it, it could be a tough cut uh but we'll see what he's like at 85
0: yeah I, oh i just i got him i don't know what fight this is but he just slammed the guy right on his fucking just slammed him really nice um not sure what nuff that yeah is. i think
1: yeah, I, have, of I have one other guy. Yeah. I have another guy I want to mention. Um, Kay Balthazar. Uh, he's fighting out of Devin's gym. Looks like a really athletic kid. Uh, he's fighting Quinn Porter at flyweight. Um, pretty excited about that one. I really want to see uh, what he has to bring to the table. And then a couple guys that always look good but never really translates to wins. Um, I have a couple of those on here, too. Ryan Savage. He's looked like really good like a for the savage. first two minutes of all three <laughs> of his fight. He's looked like a savage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For the first two of the three minutes of his fights, and then he gets caught. He's from first-class MMA. He's 0-3, looking for a win here. Um, and also another guy who lost his debut, came back and got a win last time out, is Cody Kilton, another guy from first-class uh, first, cl- uh, first class MMA, John Rayo's gym, another guy who always shows up to bang. Um, he's fighting Caleb Kenny, who uh, lost uh, to Isaac Payette at NEF 44. Uh, good matchup. I like to, I like Cody in this one. Um couple guys that I'm really pulling for to get some more wins on their record or their first win on their record.
0: Hey, uh, lots. nice picture there for John Hassan right there. Nice. Like it.
1: You like that? Yeah, Ooh. he looks really good in that
0: picture. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, as you meant, uh, uh as you were speaking, Cody Kilton, we were right cage side for that fight, and um, yeah, he he went to town in that fight real quick.
1: Um, yeah, first round, ground and pound KO of Cam Hoyt at NEF forty four looked really, really good. Yeah, so I'm excited, uh, excited to see what he's got
0: uh, in uh, in his arsenal on this one, man, because that was a quick fight, and he just looked dominating in that fight so good for him yep and uh alright so wait what was the alright so I think there's like one of, like the other fights there was like
1: four, f- so he, there was Ben Grady he's 2-0 and o. he trains from evolution out of evolution as well 2-0 um, he fought outside of the region uh, at Art Scrap 4 picked up a first round KO he's also knocked out John Assam He's going to be fighting the B, BAMF badass motherfucker, Brandon Millett f- Um He is stepping up from 45 uh, to 55 to face Ben Grady. Uh, the, I don't know why he would go up and wait to fight Ben Grady because Grady's on a tear. He's a big lightweight, and Stevens isn't the biggest of featherweights. So Stevens uh, also uh, lost to grimard who we mentioned earlier uh that was the title fight that got uh that got nate the strap there um so i think that's probably the only fight that we missed uh but yeah another good one another uh you know crossroads here young 2-0 undefeated guy against a guy who's kind of been through the ringer uh, um and could offer a challenge but is a good litmus test for uh grady's career excellent well
0: guys that's basically the card there man as far as a whole what are you thinking about this card um you know one thing i always have to mention you know at least they have one woman's fight on here we got to get more of those um in some way i mean we have to there's got to be a push to get that uh get that going somehow i mean there's got to be some way to get more women involved and get in the fights, or some way to match them up that they're not—you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's going to be something that makes them drawn to it. I, what's the issue there before we get? What What do you think needs to happen to get more women into uh into that cage in the New England area, Lars?
2: You know, it's it's one of those things. It's it's weird because I I felt like we had a, a pretty solid base of pro and women MMA fighters before the pandemic, but then once fights started happening again, it just doesn't seem like that's carried over. I think there's maybe, you know, you're, you're, where maybe we're averaging one female fight a card, maybe even less than that right now. Um, so yeah, the, the town pool has definitely dropped off just because of the activity people just, women aren't, aren't fighting as much as they were for some reason. Why? And I have no idea. Maybe, um, there's not a good school that focuses on, you know, multiple women training together. I think that can be an issue for them sometimes when, you know, there's like one or two females who train at a certain gym and, you know, they can't always get rounds with other females, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have an answer. I don't have a crystal ball here. I hope, you know, there's a targeted focus to get more women involved, but, you know, uh, we'll see.
1: I think you're partially right there, Lars, for sure. Um, With just who's in the training room. uh, I feel like once, the, the the ease of the pandemic comes along, these girls will start cross-training again. And I think cross-training might be the big thing because... You know, you could be, you know, 2-0 as an amateur and the only other females at your gym have never fought. And, you know, you're ruling the mats against them, but there's really no other competition there to test yourself against. But once these girls can start cross-training, you know, headed down to Lozons on Saturdays or something like that, when that becomes a little bit more popular and these restrictions ease up a little bit, I think that will help. The women's divisions quite a bit for these girls to get outside their own gym give them a little bit more of a sense of confidence against what else is out there um and then maybe get them uh to have more fights on cards nice guys
0: very nice glad i asked that question I didn't mean to put you in the spot but you guys uh had great answers right there so uh, as far as what we can do um i would love to manage a, a woman fighter at some point get a yeah. And see what we could do with them. You know what I mean. So, you know, if it can't get them work in New England, allows you know uh, you have a pathway to get them in work other in other you know parts of the country. So I would love to get a woman on board of uh, full contact
2: management.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly.
2: Yeah, Travis has been saying that for a while, and I I agree too. I think it's uh, it's good in a lot of ways. It's just uh, you know there really hasn't been an opportunity or. You know, we're pretty fickle uh, with who we select that we want to go after try to bring on to the team uh, under management. So, you know, we're not looking to bring in uh, a flood of new fighters, but a woman is definitely one of our targeted, uh, you know, demographics to bring in here. So hopefully something will come up. You never know
1: excellent yeah the last time uh my my big prospect was chelsea tucker and uh anytime i tried to make a pitch to her it ended up just having her work for the website which is great for everyone because uh we like having her around but that was that was one of the pushes that we originally made was maybe to manage her excellent
0: well guys anything uh you'd like to add before
1: uh we get going man well we went an hour Perfect. Perfect
0: timing right there.
1: Yeah, I just I just want to mention a couple things before we get off the air. Got? Um three three former CES guys will be fighting this weekend at uh UFC 271 in Houston. Um you got Will Knight, he's 11 and 2. He's going to be fa- uh, fighting Maxim Grishin. Um we got Fabio Chirant, who is 7 and 3, looking for his first win in the UFC. He's fighting Carlos Alberg. And <clears throat> excuse me former champion, former CES, welterweight champion, Jeremiah Wells. He's 9-2-1. He picked up a win in his UFC debut. He's fighting a 3-0 guy. Um, All those guys competing this weekend. Uh, It's really cool to have three guys on the same card that have fought in the region or are from our region. I mean, it's happening more and more, the more um, the guys that make it mainstream here. But it's cool to see three on the same card. So I think that was worthy of mentioning. And, uh, I also wanted to mention, if I failed to do so, it would be stupid of me, um, at Full Contact Management, we just got a uh, fight for for uh, John Piersma, and we're looking for sponsors, so anyone who is open to getting their business out in front of the eyes of UFC Fight Pass, on um, probably one of the most marketable, uh, talented, welterweight uh, prospects we've seen around here in a long time, uh, Piersma is going to be fighting March 17th down in Tampa, Florida, we cannot announce the opponent yet, but uh, we know he's got that contract with CFFC. We're looking to write the uh, last fight that we definitely uh, went out and beat Vereen, but it didn't come out in our favor, but we're going to go back and get that fourth win, and it's on to the UFC after that.
0: And as we know, uh, as you people out there should know that, John's been doing crazy things on the jujitsu match, uh, mats, um, you know, fighting on fight pass, getting invited to, uh, very, very, uh, you know, high level events because he's, uh, something to be reckoned with, uh, as far as his grappling and, uh, his hands are just going to catch up with that, uh, you know, down the line. And when he's, uh, ready to go for the UFC, he's, uh, he's going to be well-rounded and ready to strangle or knock people out. And, uh, I think you guys are doing a great job bringing him up, getting him the fights he needs and, uh, really putting him out there because he's grown as far as not only social media, but as a fighter and just as a human being and his fan base is just growing and growing, uh, you know, and the gym itself, Synthesis, BJJ, and of course, Jacob Bone, who is, uh, you know, a training partner, friend of his, who introduced us to, uh, you know mr piers there so uh, a lot has to do with uh bone there with bone and M- mma and uh that whole clan coming out of new york man
2: yeah hey well we lucked out with those guys you know they're solid guys to work with they train hard uh they have heart and talent and we we love to have them part of our team and hopefully help progress their careers uh jacob was just in a awesome war against joe gianetti on saturday back and forth of a fight um didn't come out with a win but man it was an awesome memorable experience you know and uh john and all the guys out in western new york we're we're kind of building a nice little factory out there and let's keep it going excellent
0: man and new england is glad to have them come uh perform here make their uh make their way here get matchups man because uh you know you can never not have enough fighters man we're losing a lot of fighters in new england going to the Bigger stages, or just not having matchups and not wanting to fight each other around here. So uh, you know, we have plenty. We know outside the the region here that will come in and uh, challenge some of these people. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for yep. sure. It's, it's it's nice to be able to be an avenue for these guys to get out of their uh, their spot over there in Western New York. Uh, get their their faces on some some more TV screens, some more computer screens. That's just what we want to do. Um, and there's no one that's following that game better than Piersma. Um, and he, if, if I were a businessman, which technically we are because we're running the business, but uh, I, I would put my money behind Piersma. Uh, he, he's a, a great prospect, a great guy. And uh, if, you're, if you're looking really to get uh, the, the maximum output of a, what, a sponsorship deal through us right now, Piersma's the guy to, to, uh, to sign up with because... Um, We're doing new shorts for this fight. We're doing a fight banner for the first time. He's, uh, you know, it's going to be shown in front of millions of eyes uh, on UFC Fight Pass, um, potentially. And, uh, you know, he won the submission of the year last year for UFC Fight Pass, and he's just making a name for himself, carving his way to the UFC. Uh, I I really can't express enough that this is the guy I would jump all over. Um, And and if if you're out there and you're a business and you want to get that name out there, just uh, just hit me up with an email. It's uh, simple, Travis at NewEnglandMMA.org. Drop me a line if you guys have any questions. We can answer them. But um, this is one of those guys that could really uh, potentially be the next wave of we- uh, welterweight coming out of our area.
0: When will the, when will we get the news on uh, matchup and uh, stuff like that? When when do you think that'll be coming out? A couple of weeks or so? I mean, it, you know, we're still like a month well, away, probably, over a month away.
2: Probably probably. Probably a couple of weeks. All right, I would assume. Yeah,
0: you know, I got to book that interview with him. Talk about, you know, I, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Even though the FFC is uh has signed John to a uh, you know a fight fight agreement there, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if you are in liberty to say on here how many fights he's under them, but he is a high prospect for them, so uh, they're going to be really uh, focusing a lot on him. And uh, you know, interviewing them and then sending shit out there. I don't know who will be fighting if it's someone in their organization or they're going to bring someone here that's a, you know a really really good prospect, but out of uh, the CFFC organization. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it's a fighter who who's fought for them before. So uh, it will be should be a good fight. We like the matchup. We we're, we're you know believer in John skills. So you know uh it's it, we, we we'll just say we like the matchup
1: I yeah the i match. believe the matchups come across our desk before um this isn't the first time we've heard this guy's name um so it was definitely somebody uh i had done a little bit of research um about and we're pretty familiar with and uh we think it's the proper next step for john
0: Excellent guys. Well, before we get into a whole nother podcast about uh full contact management, let's uh <laughs> let this let's end the show and uh, let's uh get out of here. Rest up. Tomorrow will be Thursday. Friday is uh Neff 46 weigh-ins and Neff always has a live stream showing them. They do a great job with the weigh-ins. And then Saturday we have the fights. Lars and you Lars and I will be there doing a pre-show, taking some clips, uh getting some post fight interviews. Here and there, uh, can't say I'm going to be interviewing everyone there because it's just a lot of work and I need to see the fights, man. I need to see what's going on out there. So, uh, Lars and I are going to be running around the place as far as, uh, getting shit done and, uh, we should have, you know, hopefully a live play-by-play, some in some sort, but, uh, you know, just tune into newenglandmma.org Friday and Saturday for, uh, you know, all your, uh, you know all your feeds, all your shit, all your news on net uh, 46 on Saturday night. Oh yeah,
2: yeah they're in good hands with
1: you guys.
2: Yeah, right. we uh we got a, we got a full calendar coming up, man. We got a lot of a lot of shows going on in it. Uh, you know, started last weekend and continues this weekend. Should be fun. I can't wait, guys.
0: All right, don't hang up on me. As always, I'm just gonna t- sign out of here and uh, we out. So thank you so much for Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have not, we have 926 subscribers to our YouTube channel. We need 76 more or 70, uh, 74 more to uh, get to our goal of 1,000. And then we're hitting new heights, man. We're taking over the internet with 1,000 people on Look YouTube. Out. <laughs> Look
1: out. Look well, out. That, all that. that means is that we can go live on YouTube from our toilet. Exactly.
2: <laughs>
0: While we're shitting yeah. everything. Out. All right, guys. Uh, don't go anywhere.